0: Today's show is brought to you in part by hotels.com. Don't hate like your friends trip on Instagram. Book your own trip with hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. hotels.com. Be there, do that, get rewarded. Today's show is also brought to you by Grip 6 Belts. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap and it is a great Father's Day gift. Grip 6 has a special offer for you at grip6.com/lock. That's L O C K E.
1: You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 532 of Locked On Raptors for uh, Tuesday, June 11th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team focus shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got Locked On Fantasy Basketball. If you're playing playing daily throughout the finals you're getting ready for the draft and you want to know your dynasty stuff and all that, well, I don't really play fantasy basketball, but all of those words I know are involved with it. So check out that podcast. We've got Locked On NBA as well uh, daily with lots of finals updates and news and all that good stuff. So please check all of that out on the Locked On NBA iTunes channel. And if you find a show on the network that you want to support, uh, please subscribe, rate, review, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Himalaya, the place to go if you're in the market for a new podcast app. You can curate your own podcast playlist. You can get suggestions for new podcasts to listen to based on your interests. You can follow creators. And uh, it's absolutely free on the App Store. So make sure you're going to whatever App Store you use and downloading Himalaya to get that new podcast experience. All right. On today's show... A lot of emotions, man. The Raptors lost game 5 of the NBA Finals to the Golden State Warriors 106-105 last night. A whole bunch of dumb stuff happened and uh to sort through all of the emotions of the game is our feelings correspondent Katie Hindel. Katie, how are you?
2: I'm sad, man.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was like it was a disappointing night altogether. It was
2: a bummer. A bummer night. Yeah. All around. And in a lot of ways, everything still feels, like, a lot heavier than I anticipated it would this morning.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it I was... The thing about the game was that, like, I'm almost... It was such a, like, disaster from the KD stuff, which we'll get to, obviously, to the fan responses and, like, the weird sort of edginess that was in the building... And, and uh, I mean, personally, in the place where I was watching the game, just, like, the fan sort of makeup that was there, it all felt very, like, untitle-worthy. And I'm kind of happy they didn't close it out last night, because it would have felt a little bit sour, I think. Because it just, like, it was gross. There was a lot of grossness. I, I just, ugh. I don't know. What was yeah. the grossest thing for you, Katie? The grossest
2: thing? Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, like, I have to agree with you on that. Like, yeah. that end. I didn't want... Like, even when they came back and there was this kind of flurry in the fourth and it looked like, okay, maybe they'll get it, I just felt so reluctant and, like, so hesitant. And it would have felt like we already we, – there's already so much talk around every single game about, like, what the Warriors have – like, the, the deficiencies that the Warriors have had that the Raptors don't have and, like, why it's been easy for the Raptors. And it's like, if they won on that game – like, it wouldn't have counted for anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and, and I'm not saying that's right or wrong. It's just, like, that that's what would have happened. So, I mean, the grossest thing, the grossest thing is obviously people cheering when Durant went down. And yeah. I, I know there was, like, a lot of confusion, and I've seen, like, back and forth on people saying, like, hey, I think people were just cheered when he went down, and because, like, Serge had to break away, so people were cheering for that. I think some people were cheering when they thought, I don't know, like, he got up and was, like, walking out. But I also do think some people were fucking idiots, like that stupid guy. This is the grossest thing for me. (laughs) The man who was standing courtside, and you could see in the background as, like, Durant was, like, on the floor holding his leg. But the guy in the Raptors jersey courtside, he was, like, doing the grossest, longest, cartoony wave Mm -hmm. goodbye uh, at Durant's back. I was like, that that guy should actually be arrested.
0: Yeah, here's where I come down on all of this, right? Like, I, I know it's not everybody. Obviously, that would be dumb to suggest. It's obviously a small portion of the fan base that cheered the injury, and I, I agree. I think there was some confusion as to what actually happened with it, because like, there's the excitement of Serge Ibaka getting out on a breakaway off a of steal at the three point line. Like that shit doesn't happen very often. That is a thing people get excited about. Uh, and then there was sort of the confusion about what happened to KD, and he's walking up and he and he's going to the bench. And I don't think, had people known initially like what it exactly it was, people would have cheered, obviously. But like the fact that people cheered right away at him going down is gross, and you can't get around that. That actually happened. In the bar I was in, people were cheering him going down. That sucks. That's gross. And I think it's kind of, like, I'm very pro bandwagoner and, like, jump on all you want, but I do think it kind of invites people who maybe have this more sort of, like, like, just, like, a very vindictive fan side to them, where it's, like, my team is the only thing that matters, and who cares if anything else bad happens to anybody else, and I think that is kind of the fan you invite. It's just the sports fan uh, that kind of... I think this was a point that the Tao of Steve made uh, on Twitter, the Jays writer, who is very good and had a very good point. Like, this happened with the Blue Jays back in 2015, too. Like, There was a lot of great fans there, but then you get to like the playoffs when things really ratchet up, and a lot of clowns come out. And that sucks. And so while I understand it's not the entire fan base, I think to say this doesn't represent the fan base does sort of gloss over the fact that there were people who were doing that and taking part in that. And it wasn't just in the arena. And I think it also kind of speaks to how the arena, sort of like the makeup of the people in the arena at this time of year in the finals where tickets are like $60,000 to sit courtside obviously is not representative of the actual fan base but like that's there's still people who were at the game i was a little disgusted by the amount of botox i saw sitting courtside last night that sucks like it's just like a lot of people who would never be there except it's like a status thing to be sitting courtside at a finals game and it's annoying and bad but like it's just reality i suppose but like that that's the impression like steph curry and clay thompson and demarcus cousins while maybe they were just sort of defending their dude like that's the impression they got of the Raptors fan base because of what was in the building and like you can't gloss over that it sucks that it happened it's it's miserable and they didn't deserve to win last night because that happened it, it's just like cosmically they did not deserve that game because there was just so much bullshit attached to it and it's it's bothersome man and again i know it's like probably 2% of people rooting for the team but like that 2% like I'm sure that two percent is not listening to this podcast, but like, if you are, like, figure out your priorities, man. It sucks. Like, I'm, I'm just bothered by it all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like the yeah, like the economy, the, the the economics question of who and who is sitting courtside and how much they paid for the tickets aside. Like, obviously, yeah, that is not representative of the team. Mm-hmm. But like to your point, there still were people in like the middle bowl the upper bowl that were cheering and like waving goodbye and like doing all that other shitty stuff that we talked about like when he got hurt and I think I think what what hurt a lot and I'm glad that like Lowry and Ibaka and Siakam all kind of stepped in to like quiet the crowd Mm -hmm. which was nice to see but when I because I've watched that trying to get a handle on that I've watched that replay now many times and the like the look on like Clay Thompson's face on Quinn like Quinn Cook's face uh, Igudala's face as they kind of look around they seem like genuinely disgusted one but also just like kind of surprised because this isn't really what they've what they've grown used to with Mm -hmm. this crowd and it's like not what people have heard of this crowd and I also think there's something to be said for like You know, I don't like, I like celebrating the crowd, and I I think it's cool that Toronto has a good uh, reputation, but I also don't like the kind of blanket statements of like, we're so nice, like we have no problems here, like we don't have any (laughs) shitty people, like we have all those things too. And it was kind of part and parcel for what happened last night too.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely like there's bad like sports fans are inherently irrational, and you're gonna have a bunch of them that are assholes too. Like it's just there are assholes in every fan base, and at times like this they tend to come out. I mean, there were the videos of people like sucker punching Warriors fans in the street. Like obviously that's like two people on a video that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't be a thing. Like it's it's a sport. Like and that's the kind of thing. It just kind of made it all feel like it didn't matter. I think. Uh, Alex Wong wrote about this this morning and kind of made the point last night. Like, yeah, the the finals are awesome and so great, and like going into the game, the anticipation was fantastic. But coming out of it, it's just like, yeah, Katie gets hurt. Fans are assholes. Like, maybe this doesn't matter at all, and it's a little like it's just kind of a somber note. And I I would hope that with a couple days to kind of cool down before Game Six, like the feelings of sort of disappointment and just sort of the. Like, the vibe kind of getting killed, hopefully that kind of wears off by Thursday and we can get back excited for it again. But it's just a bummer, man. Like, top to bottom, just a bummer. And I think, like, a big part of it, too, is that, like, Friday's game. So, like, I watched the game on Friday and the game last night in the same bar. And it was, like, really stark, the difference in, like, the mood in the bar each night. Like, Friday, I think there was, like, hopefulness, but also maybe, like, sort of a resigned, yeah, they're probably gonna lose this game at Oracle, sort of feeling, and when they won it, it just felt like joy. And it was just, like, uproarious and happy and euphoric. And then you get to last night, where there's expectation involved. They're at home, you know, it the, the feels like they should win it. You know, there's all, like, the build-up for it. And, like, it just felt like a really angsty and super serious and moody crowd. And I just... It wasn't a fun place to be. I did not enjoy it. It was like, oh, yeah, this is why I like to watch games at home by myself. Because, like, people get, like, when the expectations are there and they can taste something, like, the bloodlust just goes through the roof. And it was just, I don't know. The whole thing was really gross. I I was really bummed out by it, like, driving home last night.
2: Yeah, I had, like, kind of the exact same experience. Like, I've been watching these either at home or, like, closer, like, to the East End. And I went out in the West End last night with a bunch of people And I had a similar experience with, like, a really fucking dumb person sitting behind me, like, Mm -hmm. so close. And I hadn't really been paying attention to this guy for, like, the whole first half of the game. And then when the Durant thing happened, he just started, like, the scream that he was screaming. He was just like, yeah, yeah. Like, it was so, like, full of, like, as you said, this kind of, like, bloodlust and, like i have like no like i don't think this dude was actually a fan because also then i started to listen to the shit he was saying about like boogie and just like this running commentary of like any player i was like dude one you don't know what you're talking about but two also just like how could you i think someone did call him on it or like looked at him and he was just like i don't give a fuck and like he just kept saying that and that's the kind of thing that makes me so upset because, like, that is where you see this kind of disgusting line. It's like, we all, like, love basketball in one way or another. And in ways that are maybe, like, too deeply personal sometimes. But I think it's it's dangerous when you start to forget that, like, these dudes... It's not just, like... This is their whole livelihood. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's their whole lives in some cases. Like, they don't have, like, other career options that they can play. Or they don't care to. They don't want to. I think, like... When your body is the thing that you're using to do your job, it's really fucked up if something happens to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the grossest thing when when people are kind of gleeful. Though you don't see it a lot, but like with what happened last night when people are gleeful about what's happening. Because like Durant, if it is like an Achilles thing, he like he's probably up for... Most, if not maybe all of next season. Yeah, he'll I miss next...
0: It's like a yeah. year injury. He'll, he'll He's not playing next year. That sucks.
2: Yeah. And I think like, they just confirmed while sucks, we're recording, like,
0: actually, that it is a torn Achilles, so... Yeah. Uh, yeah, that And it sucks. also
2: sucks based on, like, what you know of people to think about, like, Durant. Like, that the fact that, like, most people, for some reason, I love him, but for some reason, you know, a lot of people do not like him. Mm-hmm. And what's also grosser is I've seen like recent takes being like, yeah, he put it all on the line last night, and now every Warriors fan will love him, which is even weirder. To
0: yeah. Me it's almost There's as a, like it's almost exhausting as the what does this mean for the Knicks takes. I'm like fuck off, like really. Yeah, <laughs> like, just now? like
2: pause, pause all the takes yeah. for a little while. There should be like yeah, there should be a, uh, a, a like a hold period on takes. I feel like at least until the next game. Yeah. But in your like your point about the mood, like it's it's really weird, and it does feel like something has kind of I hope not irrevocably, but as of this moment to me. Not even being dramatic, it feels like the series has completely changed.
0: Yeah. Like, I still think the Raptors are going to win the series. The The Warriors are going to be without KD, and, like, for the sake of Kevon Looney's shoulder or whatever he's dealing with, I hope Kevon Looney, although it sounds like he's going to try to play Game 6. Um, like, it just... it. The Raptors should still win the series. That, that almost seems secondary at this point, really. Like, who cares? Like, KD's out for a year. That sucks. And... Like I, I, I mean, there's a whole... The other gross thing, too, is, like, the Warriors and how they managed everything and sort of the pressure that seemed to be applied. Like, the beat reporters and stuff who peddled in the... There's, like, dis, there's like discontent within the team about KD's status and his return and all this stuff. Like, every little bit of that led to KD playing last night. I know KD can make his own decisions, but, like, the part of your job as a medical staff and as a team... Is to protect guys from themselves, and, like, I know, there's, like, you cannot really tell what an injury is, like, the risk of an injury and everything, like, it's, you never know. Like, Kawhi's playing on a weird knee, Fred's playing with a busted eye, like, you know, everyone's playing with stuff, but it felt like this one, like, the direct ties between calf injuries and Achilles injuries is, you can easily look that shit up. It's very easy and plain to see. And based on the timeline that co- that Kevin Durant had, like, he was coming back early on the timeline, and it just felt like an a unnecessary risk. They're down 3-1 in the series. It's a long shot anyway, even if he does play. It just felt like a really unnecessary decision to play him. And, like, I'm glad Bob Myers, like, showed some sort of, like, I, like, I don't know, like, I guess he was apologetic or whatever or just felt awful after the game, but, like, it shouldn't have ever have gotten to that situation. Like you shouldn't have played. It's and and again, I'm playing Doctor, but it feels like if, you're, if there's a time to play Doctor, this is a pretty easy one to do it because it just felt like a really, really unnecessary risk.
2: Well, yeah, like the whole thing is like the reason I watched that clip over and over again is because I was looking for contact. I was like, "Mm, maybe his legs, like he's so long and there's so much to his legs and Ibaka likewise, also very long. So I was like, you know, it wouldn't take much for them to get tangled up, but like there's no contact. Mm -hmm. He just is kind of like doing a backup move into surge and he just steps. He does like a little hop and then he just falls over. So, I mean, Again, I'm also not a doctor. For for, for people who didn't know, (laughs) you and I are not doctors. Um, But the fact that that could happen, I imagine it means, like, the muscle, like, all of those muscles are just, like, so tight and, like, so tensed Mm -hmm. that a regular movement that wasn't even, like, I would say, like, an athletic movement is enough to cause him to just, like, crumple like that. Yeah. I don't know. This is also I feel conflicted about this too because I one I think Looney is like super hurt. It should not be playing. So yeah, I do take a little bit of like umbrage with the Warriors medical staff because it's kind of like everybody is banged up at this point. But there's like banged up and like bruised and tired and kind of worn down. And then there's like these kinds of injuries that are going to affect guys uh, not just in the off season but next season. Mm -hmm. But then I also do think that. These are also autonomous players, and you need to sort of treat them as such. I get the pressure. Like, Durant, that's, like, a whole very complicated thing with, like, stories coming out that the Warriors didn't comment on that are saying, like, all the Warriors want him back. They really, like, I don't doubt that there was some level of pressure on him to come back. Mm -hmm. But I also do feel like Durant is, we know him to be, like, a person who makes decisions for himself. Mm -hmm. And I think there is something also gross about taking that away from yeah. him and Looney and anyone who's playing to ultimately have their say and be the one that's like, you know what? No, I'm going to do it. There's always risk involved, right? Yeah. It's just like, this is why it's so complicated. It's like not, there's like no right answer anyway, slice it.
0: Yeah, it's extremely not cut and dry. I, I, I totally agree with sort of players deserve their own autonomy. And like they, and like this is Kawhi, right? Like Kawhi's entire thing has been, if you aren't gonna like respect my wishes with my body, like go to hell, Spurs. Like, and he's really taken it upon himself to sort of be the one who is sort of the the agent of his health, right? And I even I imagine we're gonna start to see players do this more often too, like, and sort of like, all right, second, third, fourth opinions from outside team doctors, like let's let's go, guys, and. If teams have problems with that, then I guess they'll get the Kawhi Spurs treatment. Like, I I just, with what happened in the lead-up, and all of the, like, pressure that seemed to be levied towards KD, with, like, like every little, every little report that came out, obviously that stuff is coming from somewhere, probably inside the team, too. Like, this is on the team as well, if they're leaking stuff to Tim Kawakami and Brian Windhorst and saying, hey, there's angst within the team about the recovery and whether he's playing or not, like... You're the ones who are responsible for that if you're if you're leaking that stuff. And so I don't know exactly where the blame lies. I, I get blo- it lies with a bunch of people. Like, it's all over the place. And ultimately, maybe it was just a thing that was going to happen anyway, even if he was totally healthy, right? Like, we don't know. It's hard to say. Achilles are weird. Like, DeMarcus Cousins tore an Achilles last year, and there was no lead-up or prior sort of calf injury that was reported or anything like that. It just happened. Like, Achilles are weird. But... Like, it felt like the risk with this one was so obvious, and there was not really enough in the way of, like, a like a, like a barrier to sort of check KD's instinct. Because the guy's instinct is always going to be to play. Like, obviously he wants to play. Any sort of suggestion that he wasn't going to want to play, I think, was really stupid and off-base and unfair to KD, obviously. But, like, in a situation like this, you would hope that a medical staff would step in. And I guess that's sort of, like... Where the Raptors, for me, have the benefit of the doubt when it comes to the guys who are injured on their team, like they seem to really have a good handle on this stuff. Their track record speaks for itself, and the Warriors don't quite have that. And that that their their reputation goes even further in the shitter with this. And it it's just none of it is none of it's good. And there's blame to go around. And maybe no blame really belongs on anybody. But it it's it's just a bummer. And now the series is kind of just like. All right, there's two games left, and I'm sure we'll get excited for them when they come. But it's just I don't even, I don't even have like the heart to like break down what happened in the game. And it was like, the second half of the game was awesome. Like it was a really great second half of the game, and it didn't even feel like it mattered.
2: Yeah, like I wasn't. I was like, I can say like definitively, I was not invested at all in the game after that happened. I thought maybe it would get cleared up at the half. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't resolve for me. I just kind of spiraled deeper and deeper and was getting <laughs> angrier and like sadder and more muddled up about things. And I mean, it did help to see, to hear from like inside the people that were like inside the arena that the energy was just as confused and just as strange. But I don't know, it was like the first time, I guess, in the series, and now it also feels this is like the first time for what we're waiting for is like games to get over with. Yeah. Instead of waiting for the next game to be played. Mm -hmm.
1: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Yeah, I'm, like, I'm okay if there's like three days, four days. Like, I, I'm i just, like Thursday, like kick it further down the, down the road. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like and like, I like I got into it at the end when Kawhi was going crazy. Like I I couldn't really control my emotions when that was happening. It was crazy. He was unbelievable. And we'll do a podcast tomorrow with Vivek, probably sort of like diving into the game a little bit more. I'm gonna rewatch it today and stuff. But like, I just I don't know. I, I don't really have the heart to break it all down. <laughs> like It's I don't know. Do you have any takes about the game and how it like took place, or are you just like kind of like me right now and just sort of in a in a fog uh
2: like I am in a fog but I also do think they lost that game I think the Raptors like for how they stuck with it okay okay, I will say that for how badly I perceive them to be playing and also like not not badly maybe just not as good as we've seen them at times uh it was surprising to me that they kept it as close as they did Mm. um but that's—it was another one of those kinds of frustrating losses where it would have like felt less bad if they'd been blown out almost. Huh. <laughs> um, but no, like yeah, it is weird. There was like some kind of weight that settled over the rest of the game where I didn't really like. I was actually kind of surprised when I looked at the final score. <laughs> so I was like, I don't remember aside from Kawhi's like two huge shots, I don't remember what the other hundred shots looked like I couldn't tell you what they were
0: it was a lot of Serge Ibaka I can tell you that
2: <laughs> yeah Serge was around like I know who yeah. was around but it's just like every for me in this in this series so far like everything has stood out yeah um and this was not so much
0: yeah that's fair uh I find it's like watching in a bar too it's weird like it's a different sort of dynamic I don't like I don't know I don't really enjoy watching it. I want to be around people, like people that I yeah, like. Yeah,
2: that's what I did too. I yeah. was like, of course. I'm like, if they win this thing, I want to be out
1: in the
0: world. Yeah, like <laughs> I want to be around people, but only if they win. And for like the first forty eight minutes of the game, I would like to be by myself. Like it's a strange dynamic, but um, I haven't even decided what I'm going to do yet for game game six. Like I, I might go do the same thing and go to the bar. I'm and... not
2: going back to the cursed location where I was. That's for sure. No,
0: don't do that. I don't
2: know. I think I'm probably just watch at home and then see everybody in the streets if it happens.
0: Yeah, I need like a friend who lives like right down in it where like I can watch at their house and then like go out into the world after that. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. I don't yeah. need bar patrons uh cheering a an injury. Uh I, I will, will say, say this. Oh, this weird. is
2: like a good sorry?
0: No, go ahead. We both said I will say at the same time. So you owe me <laughs> <Classic>. a Coke <laughs>
2: It was an interesting parallel to like, I don't, it's not that I'm squeamish about games getting like testy or like a bit chippy in the right way, because I think like that's the kind of energy that the series has had before in a a mainly positive way and and way that kind of like is going to fire guys up. And a good example of that was when Durant, not Durant, oh yes, Durant, tried to stare down Fred.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was fun.
2: (laughs) And Fred just like, stared back at him with his busted up face (laughs) Uh, and just was like, so unrattled by it. And like that, that moment I was like, hell yeah,
1: this (laughs) is on. And then
2: everything else happened. But you know what I mean? Like that's to show like the, the, the kind of, that kind of like combustible energy that we were talking about that's like on everyone's mind right now can be funneled and fueled in this like productive way.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have so to be...
2: It doesn't need you know, to be used for evil.
0: <laughs> exactly. It doesn't have to be, like, the worst of soccer hooliganism, right? Like, that's kind of the vibe I got from a lot of people. Like, at the bar and just sort of watching the reaction, like, in Jurassic Park and stuff. Like, that, it, it was just, like, it went past the point of, like, it's sports. It should not pass, like, the, the point where you're, like, rooting for human trauma and pain and... Like there's a there's a certain level of like sports trauma and pain that is cool to root for, but it, it, it crossed the line last night and it was a bummer. Um, I will say Kyle Lowry was awesome, and I, another thing that really bothered me last night was like the the instant like oh yeah remember Kyle Lowry's actually bad uh, like reaction With the last at, shot? yeah, yeah. Where, where that got blocked by Draymond Green on a fantastic defensive play by the way, um, like. I don't
2: know. Yeah, there had to be con- like you could. I don't know how you could look at that shot and not be like, oh yeah, there was definitely contact with the yeah. ball. Like some people were like, oh, why did he shoot it in such a fucked up way? It's like actually, it would have been so hard to shoot it in that fucked up way.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> then it would have been to make the shot he's made and made a hundred times. You know.
0: Yeah, I will say the number of emotions that went through my head as that shot went up, and there was like the brief glimmer of hope that Kyle Lowry was about to hit a game-winning buzzer-beater to win the title for the Raptors. It was uh, yeah. That was pretty cool for a second there. <laughs> I uh, he still can, he
2: still can. He There's still can. More chances.
0: Yeah, I, I, like, I still think they're going to win the series. They've been the better team for the balance of the of the series. Like, the second half, I, like that Kawhi run was something magical, man. He was so locked in after like a pretty rough first three quarters, and then he just comes out and just like takes the game into the palm of his hand. And it was remarkable, and I was like, "Okay, this is done." And then Nurse called that timeout with like three oh five left, which I guess you could justify because they were gonna waste like lose it if it went under three minutes. And he said the guys were tired, but like you hit a shot on that possession, and like it's probably over, and you don't need that timeout anyway. Um, and like credit, but how like could you
2: know, like yeah. with how weird that game was yeah. getting, like yeah. I don't know, credit to him because, like, that could have also been the timeout that got things in hand yeah. and took things under control, but it didn't, but, like, it could have been what he needed. Like, I I can't imagine in that moment understanding what the team would need to, like, come out of, like, this supremely overarching, weird fucking feeling going around.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a weird timeout. I don't think it, like, lost the Raptors the game. I think what lost the Raptors to the game was the two best shooters of all time hitting three threes in a minute, and... Like, through pretty good defense. Like, sometimes those dudes are going to hit threes. That's why they're who they are. Like, it's it doesn't have to be somebody's fault all the time. It can just be the work of very, very good basketball players doing very, very good things in adverse circumstances. And I thought that's what happened, mostly. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Like,
2: basketball at this point in the season is not two-dimensional, and I think that really messes with some people.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's... (sighs) I think everyone just needs to, like, take a seat today just like take know. a
2: chiller
0: yeah just like listen to this podcast and then don't listen to anything else uh, <laughs> don't read anything just kind of like relax take a day go for a walk go, to go the...
2: get a treat for yourself yeah go, get go... Something you like.
0: go to the batting cages let out some rage and then come back tomorrow and prepare for the next game and I think like some distance between the two games will do people some good Honestly, I think, like, if the Raptors were to win it on the road, as much as it would suck to not do it in front of the home crowd, it might sort of, like, tamp down the ferociousness a little bit, which I think I'm here for. Um,
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree
0: with that. Yeah. And I also kind of think they're going to win on Thursday. Like, they're really good, and I can't imagine they're going to be, like, deterred by what happened in that game. Like, they almost won it after being down 14 I like it's I don't know. And they also shot like twenty five percent from three, which is not gonna repeat itself. And Draymond Green's not gonna hit like three threes again. Like it just a bizarre, strange game that the Raptors probably should not have been that close to anyway, but they were because they're awesome. And I would expect that awesomeness carries over to Thursday when the Warriors will once again be shorthanded. And I think it's been kind of proven that the at full strength Raptors are better than the depleted Warriors in this series. I don't know. We'll see. I, again, we'll talk with Vivek tomorrow to sort of tee up Game 5 a little bit more in depth and talk about some... I don't know. Is there X's and O's that matter from the game? I probably not. I don't care. <laughs> like, who cares? Uh, I hope KD's okay. I hope he gets the bag this summer from either the Warriors or somebody else anyway. Can't imagine he won't. And, uh... It sucks. I hope he's okay. And, uh... Hopefully, Raptors fans learn from this shit. It was an embarrassing look. And there's, like, big old, like, camera angles of Jurassic Park cheering the injury. Like, it's not the whole fan base, but it is a big chunk, and that sucks. Uh, Katie, any parting shots?
2: No. No? Just, uh, take a look. I feel like everybody should take a really good look at what happened from a far away enough perspective as you can get from yeah. it, considering we're in the middle of it, to just get uh, some perspective on it, you know? Yep. Um, otherwise, I'm probably going to have to keep writing about it, so I'll probably have an emergency dispatch and basketball feelings.
0: <laughs> I, uh, today. As much as the... Context from which that will arise are, is disappointing and sad. I am very excited to read it because basketball feelings rules, and you should definitely subscribe. Uh, Katie, thank you so much for joining us on today's show.
2: Yeah, this was cathartic. Who I wants? think another another parting advice is you should you should just talk about what happened with your friends.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you had friends who cheered the injury, uh, talk to them yeah, about it. Talk to them about why that's stupid and bad. Um, hopefully my uh, very deep and frayed voice was th- soothing for people today as well. Uh, I feel like I have a nice baritone going on. Maybe that calms the nerves of some people. It's calming my nerves right now as I listen to myself, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> if only I didn't have three more hours of talking to do today on different engagements. It's going to be a rough day. Uh, buy money, buy, buy stocks in green tea and honey today, baby. Uh, Alright, I think that's going to do it. Katie at whatevs on Twitter. You're the best. Thanks for coming on. You can follow me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe, rate, review to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Himalaya, of course. And uh, thanks to Grip6 and Hotels.com for sponsoring today's show. And we'll be back again on Wednesday with another episode, hopefully a less somber one, of Locked on Raptors. Hey,
1: Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.